Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to episode 3 of the BIH Show, the new podcast from British Ice Hockey, featuring some of the biggest names. I'm Craig Anderson, Senior Reporter for BritishIceHockey.co.uk and we've got more fun stuff for you to enjoy in our latest instalment and it's one to really look forward to. Coming up this week, Tom Watkins discusses title success in a lockdown wall, reflecting on what turned out to be a surreal end to the season for the Telford Tigers. Glasgow Clans captain Matt Haywood tells us all about his teammates and reveals what one of them did with a piece of shortbread. Listen out for that. Plus, we launch our brand new Puck Master quiz, and having the first go is Nottingham Panthers and GB forward Robert Lakovic pitting his wits with our teasers. And we reveal the winner of our first ever competition, courtesy of our friends at Crosscheck Clothing. All that's to come on the BIH show, but first, let's catch up with the news around the rinks. You're listening to the B.I.H. Show. B.I.H. From BritishIceHockey.co.uk. This is B.I.H. News. We start in the Elite League and with Guildford Flames, who announced just before we started recording that their right winger John Dunbar was back on a two-year deal. The 28-year-old has 215 points from 196 games as he prepares for his fourth season with the Surrey side. Joey Haddad is back with Cardiff Devils for what will be a seventh season. The left winger is looking to build on a season where he finished the campaign as the second highest point scorer and third highest goal scorer in the Elite League. His best tally since first signing for the club in 2014. And up in Glasgow, Jordan Haywood has retired from hockey after playing last season with Zach Fitzgerald's team. He's the second player to call it a day from that clan team, following on from Lyndon Springer, who announced his retirement a few weeks ago. Into the NIHL National, and forward Jarvis Hunt has re-signed with Peterborough Phantoms on a two-year deal. The 18-year-old did well last season, making 43 appearances and weighing in with seven goals for Slava Kulikov's side. The Phantoms also added netminder Ryan Bainborough to the delight of their fans on Monday night. 
Sheffield Steel Dogs have announced the return of their player coach, Ben Morgan, while Raiders have secured five players as defenseman Jack Cooper, along with forwards Aaron Connolly, Brandon Acliffe, Eric Piatek and netminder Ethan James all return for them as well, as Milton Keynes Lightning also confirmed their captain, Russell Cowley, would be back for the 2020-21 season. Moving on to NIHL South 1, it's been a busy, busy time of it for the teams in that particular league, where player assistant coach Matt Ford has returned to Bracknell Hornets for what will be his 13th season there, and on Monday they also announced the return of their netminder, Tom Annette. Defenseman Alex Wright has re-signed with Milton Keynes Thunder, who also announced the returns of Andy Kovaka, their head coach, netminders Graham and Hayden Laverick, as well as Niall Simpson, the defenseman. He's all back with Thunder as well. Thunder also announced the pickup of 30-year-old centreman Gareth O'Flaherty, who joins them from National League side Peterborough Phantoms. Harrison Lillis, a defenseman, is also back with Invictor Dynamos. Netminder Damien King and utility player Adam Wood have both re-signed with Streatham, while another goalie, Ross Miller, is returning to Oxford City Stars. However, Alex Staples and Jake Flory won't be going back to Oxford, with Flory tied up with Chelmsford Chieftains. Raiders IHC2 have re-signed forward George Gell and defenceman Craig Ellis, and at Cardiff Fire defenceman Ruslan Chernich has decided not to return for them, while another D-man, Callum Perella-Fox, is back with Solent Devils. In NIHL South 2, head coach Dan Sampson, along with assistant coaches Alan Sampson and Reese Sampson, are all back on board with Haringey Huskies, who also moved to re-sign goalie Dan Lane. In the SNL, Murrayfield Racers have added two to their lineup, with forward Archie Holmes and defenceman Liam Danskin both returning for next season. And on the BIH website, read the story of 15-year-old Scottish player Aidan Wilson, who has signed with Utica Comets Juniors and has his eyes set on a spot in the NHL draft in a couple of years. You can read it on the website, www.britishicehockey.co.uk. That's your news roundup. This is the BIH Show. Teammates B-I-H This part of the show has come to be my favourite and it's the bit where we get a player to come on and tell us all about his teammates. I'm delighted to say joining us on the line for this time is none other than Glasgow Clans captain himself, Matt Haywood, currently walking the dog as we speak. Matt, first of all, how are you getting on? Is this your daily exercise? <laughs> no, it's not. It's uh, more of a five minutes piece when <laughs> when uh, my daughter goes down. Just, just to get out and get some fresh air in it. Good stuff. So, how's the lockdown been for you? Obviously, you've got a young daughter. You've got another one on the way as well. Has it been? Has it been quite interesting to, to keep the, the time going? Yeah, it is. Um, Jenny's got me working in the back garden. I've got to just redo the whole back garden. So, so she's keeping me busy. And obviously, the three-year-old's running me ragged, and my pregnant wife is, <laughs> is uh, stepping on eggshells a few times. But yeah, it's all been good. It's all been great. It's, it's uh, we're doing the best we can to keep her entertained. I've been. Dressed up as every Disney princess and prince under the sun. It's all good fun. Yeah, I can definitely see you as an aerial. That's one that sticks in mind. <laughs> right, so you've agreed to do teammates with us. Um, this has been a fun part of the, the podcast. We've got players to dig the dirt on their, on their teammates. You're, you said you're going to do it from the, the players you've played with at the clan from the last 10 years, which is absolutely fine. Um, so let's get started. The first question, who would you say is the best hockey player? Um, I've actually got a couple for this. I've got... Um, Scott Pitt, Jordan Kristanovic and Matt Keith. I think they've all got different attributes that have all been fantastic. Obviously Pitty I would say Pitty's probably the most well rounded player we've ever had. He uh, obviously scores a lot of goals but can be lazy a few times on the back check things. <laughs> so, uh, I noticed you said couple and gave me three names. You, you do know how a couple works, don't you? Yeah what <laughs> 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 one just sprung to my mind as I was saying it. 
<laughs> so next question: Who's the joker? Who's the guy that's the the the, the guy that's always pulling jokes on people, or, or the center of the center of the entertainment? Well, I think if anyone watched my testimonial, I think they know the answer to this, and it's Alex Levitt. <laughs> but a special mention to uh, Jay Galbraith in that as well. He's a bit of a loose cannon, as we say. Going back to Levitt, again, recalling your testimonial a couple of months back, what was he like in the dressing room at the time? What did he get up to when he was there with you as a, as a player? Just always that guy who just sat in, sat in his stall, just taking it all in, giggling away, and just coming out with some of the most ruthless stuff like i can't even i can't repeat it on here because i know kids are gonna <laughs> gonna be on here but yeah he's always always happy always always enjoying his time it was at the, near the end of his career too so i'm pretty sure he's he was more uh more there for the fun and uh than he would have been earlier in his career that's for sure right so time to reveal who's the best dancer um i've gone for joel rumple I, I knew you would say that well, everyone, every time any bit of music comes on, he, he, he gets in the splits. <laughs> and a special mention to uh, Shane Lust, who tries to do the splits but can't do it. Oh, well, God loves a trier, doesn't he? <laughs> right, so who's got the worst taste in music then? Who's the guy that puts the god-awful songs on in the, in the locker room? Well, I listened to your, uh, the one last week with Ben with Oki, and, and I've got to agree with him. It's definitely Zach Fitzgerald. <laughs> Um, nothing against it, but it's just not my cup of tea, really. It's, uh, uh, it's a bit too heavy for me, especially in the morning. So there you go. Zach Fitzgerald ruined two locker rooms with his taste in music then. There you I go. wouldn't say ruined. It, 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 there's, a, there's a time and a place for it. 8am <laughs> on a Tuesday morning is probably not, not the time. Fair enough. Right, the next question, and I'm bearing in mind that two of your, your um, playing teammates have went on to become coaches. Who do you think would be a, a coach? in the future who do you look at and think yeah you, you could do it behind the bench well yeah I was I was actually going to mention that that a few have become coaches I would have said Kevin Bergen definitely would have been one of them but um, he's obviously now a coach so that's pretty so I went for this from this season on this one and I went for uh, my namesake Jordan Haywood right yeah what was he I like what was he like you know he, he'd spent that that period of time on the bench obviously the, the illness that, that sort of caught up with him in the last few weeks what was he like what kind of input did he have you know, from that kind of position um, I think he, uh, he he took over the power play he was obviously on the power play uh, obviously been on the power play a lot and Fitzy interested him in, in trying to find new ways of getting the power play clicking and I think he quite relished it he had video he had I remember getting kicked out of the room quite a lot of times because obviously I'm not on the power play and, um, yeah but everyone seemed to be uh, like what he was doing and I can see him definitely being a coach uh, later in life next couple of seasons even with not pro but maybe even just kids he's got that type of temperament where he's patient and he's and he's calm and I think he's been very good at de- developing youngsters skills well with that we wish Jordan all the best in his retirement as announced by the, the clan quite recently as well right so who is the fastest then uh, we've had a uh, I've gone for two I've gone for uh, Vaclav Stutka who had six breakaways a game for the first ten games he was playing for us. And then I've also gone for uh, Tyler Schofield. But I think Vaclav just takes it. He was fast. He was fast, Vaclav. He couldn't speak English, but he could... (laughs) (laughs) Right, here's one that might get you in trouble. Who's got the worst dress sense? 
Well, I always say at the start of every year, it's funny when all the Canadians come over and they've all got suits that are the, the dad's prom suit. I always say it's always four sizes too big for them. And, uh, but by the end of the year, they come or your own, have a skin tight one. So um, I was I was going to say Matt Keith because I know he'd hate that, but I'm going to say Matt Cowlett. I'm gonna, he's too young for me too. I'm not, I'm not with it anymore, and he's. He comes in some ridiculously tight things and wears these uh, wears the same size T-shirt as my daughter sometimes. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, who's the biggest moaner in the locker room? Who's the one that just moans the face off you when you're when you're in there? Again, all the Canadians like a good moan, um, but I've I've got to give this one to Matt Becker. Just every just every something every day. Every game, there's always something. If he's, something's not right with his equipment, he's like, oh, well, all, all the dressing room knows it. Probably all the rink, all the rink knows it as well. <laughs> um, which of your teammates going through the years is most likely to get in a fight? Now, some of them have. You know, some of them we do remember. Try and leave some of them out if you can. Who have you got for that one? Well, like you say, we've had some heavyweights down in our time, but I put uh, Frankie and Springs as my top two, I think. I... Uh, I was also going to throw a curveball and put Levy in there, but I think he's too smart to get in a fight. He, he knows when to stop uh, abusing people so he doesn't have to fight. But uh, Yeah, I'm going to go Spring, Springs or Frankie. I'd probably, probably say Frankie. Who's the most intelligent? Um, uh, I've got, again, I've got three. I've got uh, Jamie Fritch, Liam Healis. He was only with us a couple mm. months. He was a genius. And then, but I think I'm going to give it to uh, Cody Bostock. We had him in season one in Brayhead. And he uh, he was a genius. He was in the school package with three or four other guys. And they all said that he didn't even go to school, but he was still the smartest guy in the class. <laughs> <laughs> so you're basing it on that? Well, you, you know, you could just tell someone that much smarter than everybody else. And just the way he carries himself. He, he, you know you know when someone's smart, don't you? Fair enough. Right, least intelligent. This could be interesting. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm just going to tell everyone that we do a quiz every every Wednesday night, a couple of the British guys and, and everyone, and the person that loses all the time is Sully. <laughs> <laughs> but but I'm, I'm not going to say it because a couple, quite a few of the rounds are... Uh, Obviously, there's quite a few Scottish people in there, and he doesn't know a lot about Scottish rounds and obviously uh, reality TV shows, and he's not big on that. So that's the reason why he loses. But for this, I've actually, Joel joking aside, I've gone for Landon Aslansky. I don't know if you remember this guy. I remember, yeah, remember him. He, um, and the reason I'm doing this is because when he first came over, we had a fan quiz night, and uh, he, he wanted to try whiskey for the first time, obviously, because he was in Scotland. So he had a he had a, a glass of whiskey and somebody gave him some shortbread. So and I'm there. We obviously when Jenny's there as well. And I said, "Oh, I love to dip shortbread in my tea because that's what British people do." And he, and, he, and he, for some reason, he he took this and he dipped his shortbread in his whiskey <laughs> <laughs> and ate it. And he said, "That's not bad." <laughs> he, thought, he thought I was on about putting it. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. So that's what I'm being. <laughs> yeah, I think I think he wins that one hands down. <laughs> right, the final question. Who's the longest in the shower? Um, this one, I've gone for Jay Galbraith. And uh, the reason I've gone for it is because it wasn't post-practice or games he was in the shower. The longest he'd come in at, he'd come in at 8.45 and he'd be in the shower until 9.45 and then get changed and then go on the ice. He would take a chair in there and just sit <laughs> in the shower for an hour before practice, especially if he had a few drinks the night before. 
And I'm sure I probably all the Nottingham boys probably know that as well. Good stuff. Matt, thank you so much for, for taking the, the teammates challenge on. Uh, the Landerners Lansky story, brilliant. That, that's good. I think the clan <laughs> fans will certainly appreciate that one. Um, obviously, the summer is, is what it is at the moment. We just don't know what's going to happen. How are you keeping in shape um, in the, the event that we can get a season going next year? The garden's keeping you busy. What else are you doing? Um, obviously, yeah, doing the garden. garden's quite taken up most, if not all, my day. I'm trying to go on as many runs as I can and making sure I don't snack on too many uh, cakes and crisps. You know what it is when you start raiding the cupboard because you're bored and, and things like that. And obviously, uh, Charlie, Charlie's keeping me busy in the, in the back garden. We've got a little bouncy castle, so so I've been on that. I was on that for a week straight, so <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Excellent. Well, Matt, thank you so much for taking on uh, teammates. And uh, all the best for the summer. This is the BIH Show. Puckmaster BIH. Well, this is the first ever Puckmaster we're doing here on the BIH Show. And I'm delighted to say who joining me on the line from his home is Nottingham Panthers forward Rob Lakovic. Rob, how has the lockdown been for you so far? Um, it's not been too bad, to be honest. Uh, it's a little bit similar to the end of the season regularly. Obviously, it just came a little sooner. Um, you don't find yourself doing much uh, immediately after the season. So obviously, the longer it's got on, gone on, um, you get a little bit, little bit bored in your house and not much to do. So you got to find ways to keep yourself busy, but but not too bad. And of course, this week you would have been looking forward, or we assume you would have been looking forward to a trip to Switzerland, a game with Canada, and things like that with, with GB as well. That must be a bit surreal. That well, you're sitting in the house talking to me when you should be getting ready for these big games. <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, when we found out we're going to play those preseason tournaments, especially against like Canada, it's a it's a big deal, especially for hockey hockey in this country. So um, it's obviously disappointing that that's that's not been able to happen. But I'm sure um, I'm sure in the future similar things will be will be on the table. So say so we've got to to battle through this, and hopefully in the future we'll we'll have those opportunities. Good stuff. Right, well, you're here to take part in Puck Master. You're the first person to do so. Hopefully. Fingers crossed it's all going to go well. Um, basically, you, 10 questions, um, three points per correct answer, apart from the bonus questions, which will slot in through the course of the quiz. You've got bonus categories for you, which I'll put to you in just a second. 39 points up for grabs. Most importantly, it's just for fun, no prizes at all. So again, Rob, thank you for, for taking part. Right, for your bonus categories, you can choose either British legends or numbers. Oh, let's go numbers. Go for numbers, okay. Yep. Right, well, let's get started. This is Puckmaster. Here we go. Question one. How many Challenge Cups has Ben Bounds won with Cardiff Devils? Uh, I'm going to go with two. That's the right answer. Two points. Yeah. Uh, sorry, three points and two Challenge Cups. Good start. Number two. Which NHL team play their home games at Rogers Place? Uh, hockey's not my strong point, to be honest. You would think it would be. How <laughs> um, about I guess? Yeah. Maple Leafs. Maple Leafs. Edmonton Oilers. Edmonton yeah. Oilers. No, well, on the three points. Right, your first bonus question in numbers. What number did Scott Tansky wear for Glasgow Clan in the past two seasons? I'm not going to do very well. 41. 41, correct. Six points. Good job. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Plucked that one out of nowhere. Uh, <laughs> question four. Belfast Giants and which other team have won the Elite League on four occasions? I'm going to go with Cardiff. Cardiff, ah, it's Coventry Blaze. Coventry Blaze, I'm afraid. There we go. Next question. This is question five. Telford Tigers won the first ever NIHL National League in 2019-20. Which team came second? Uh, I feel like it might be Hull. 
Incorrect. It's Swindon Wildcats on oh. that one. Uh, close though. I think Hull had not a bad season off the top of my head. Right, your second bonus. Teams. <laughs> bonus question for number six: True or false? Manchester Storm all had players with jerseys last season numbered consecutively from sixteen to twenty-one. Let's let's go with true. Go with true. You think it's true? Good call. You're right. It was sixteen. Tyson Fawcett. Seventeen. Adam Huseman. Eighteen. Lane Ulmer. Nineteen. Cody Thompson. Twenty. Jacob Litwich. And twenty-one. Zach Sullivan. Good call, Rob. Well done. All right. Question seven. At Dundee Stars, Jeff Hutchins was coached between 2012 and 2015, while Omar Pash has been in charge from 2017 to present day. Can you tell me who coached them between Hutchins and Pasha in those two years between 2015 and 2017? Uh, no, no nope. idea. No, nope, no idea. Mark Lefebvre is the answer to that one. All right, question eight. You should get this one. We're hoping you get this one. Who scored Nottingham Panthers' first competitive goal of the 2019 20s? Got to go with Hursley, haven't I? Ah, uh, it's Mark Matheson. Oh. Mark Matheson got it. <laughs> right, right, with your, the right, your last bonus question. You've done well with these so far. So if you subtract Adam Deutsch's jersey, which was number 95, with Ollie Betridge's 74, whose jersey do you end up with for Nottingham Panthers? 95 and 74. He's sitting working it out. <laughs> uh, Hanson. Bang on. Number 21. Absolutely correct. Well done, Rob. And finally... Number 10, in women's ice hockey, where are the Vixens based? I'm having a think. Um, Vixens. Need an answer. Uh, yes. Uh, Slough. Slough. Solly Hull, I'm afraid. Solly Hull. I was going to say that. <laughs> right, let me just tally those up. And you have 21 points. Not bad. Not bad well, for the first goal. First place at the minute. Yeah, first place at the minute. But yeah, fantastic, Rob. Thank you so much for that. That was fantastic. Um, hope you, I hope, hope you had fun. Um, yeah. Is the main part. But those bonus questions really, really held you up. Yeah, more numbers questions, less uh, hockey questions might be good. <laughs> Absolutely, Rob. Thank you so much for taking part. If you wish to take part, get in touch with us um, at British Ice Hockey. Craig Anderson at BritishIceHockey.co.uk. Rob, thank you again for taking part. Uh, have a stay, have a nice safe lockdown, and hopefully we'll see you back in the ice soon. This is the BIH Show. B I H. The big interview. B-I-H. A lot of sport has ended inconclusively this year, and we've seen leagues in football start bickering among themselves. Other leagues just calling a halt to things, while some have managed to reach a conclusion before the world effectively stopped. That was certainly the case for Telford Tigers, who got their hands on the NIHL National League title before the EIHA called a halt to everything in the league. Well, disappointed they couldn't take that into the playoffs, they could console themselves with the fact they had won the NIHL National Cup a few days before to make it two trophies in the cabinet. It became a somewhat unusual week for the Tigers and everyone else involved in the NIHL ranks, and to find out more, I have with me Telford's coach Tom Watkins. Tom, firstly, welcome to the BIHO. As I said, a somewhat surreal week, that last one. Tell us all about it from your point of view and, and how things uh, panned out. Well, thanks for having me on the show, first and foremost, and I hope everybody's safe and well. Um, what's this, about seven, eight weeks of, of lockdown, and hopefully the world will start uh, moving forward uh, a little bit, but I hope, like I say, everybody's uh, well and okay in themselves. Um, I think we were very fortunate to scrape through and, and 
you know, secure a league title on the ice. And, we're, you know, we're grateful for, for the Raiders travelling up that day. Um, it would have been a very easy decision for them to, to say, you know, it wasn't something that they were prepared to do with a lot of other teams refusing to travel. Um, so we were fortunate that we were able to play on the ice and, and get the result um, that we wanted and give us an opportunity to celebrate in front of our own fans. We'd won a couple of weeks before that the, the Cup. Um, so we were in good spirits, in, in uh, good mood. And I think uh, it would have been an awful situation for, for us as a club, for the fans, for sponsors. And I think at the league as a whole, if there was no uh, out-and-out winner by the time that the, the, the league kind of shut down. So we were very fortunate, I think, for to be able to get that game in and get it completed and, and give us a, effectively a double for the season. Obviously disappointed not to be able to take any momentum into playoffs, but fully understand and support all those all those reasons why. Um, shame for, for everybody because, you know, it was, it'd been such a competitive season all in all and I think everybody really had a good shout uh, of pushing all the way to, to win a playoff. But obviously we liked our chances, we were full of confidence and I don't think many teams would have been looking forward to playing against us. You mentioned the fact that the, the Sunday where you did win the title and you mentioned that two or three games have been called off elsewhere. Was it a concern in your mind that, that your game might might end up the same way? Absolutely. You woke up in the morning and you, you know you hear that this team not travelling, that team has a knock-on effect with them. And it was it was on, on the phone all morning, all afternoon, really, just to make sure. And uh, like I said, we were, we were grateful for the Raiders jumping on the bus. It would have been a very easy decision for them to sit there as players and go, you know, we don't need to go. Um... I think they, were, they showed a lot of professionalism in that, and we, we tipped our hat for them, tip our hat to them, and they got a really good uh, ovation on and off the ice from our fans. It showed, showed them um, a lot of respect. So it's, it's a difficult decision, I'm sure, for every team involved, but uh, we, were, we were grateful and, and pleased just to finish the season really on a massively positive note for us. Now that effectively ended what was the first year of the NIHL National League, and I spoke to quite a few guys. Um, before the start of the season I seem to recall you spoke to our colleague Ben back at the start of the season uh, about the new league as well and it was a very positive thing everybody was looking forward to it, a new challenge for a lot of people do you feel the league has given that to, to you and to everyone else? I think it ticked every box um, every game from, from what you can see has been competitive um, myself personally I'd lost uh, a lot of enjoyment over the last couple of seasons and I know I wasn't the only person um, and that's no disrespect to the teams we were playing you, you just Knew the outcome before you you stepped on the ice, and sometimes it was a you know it was by ten goals, so there was no competitive edge in, in the in the league. I understand why it happened, I understand what it did, but for us as a club, it allowed us to build and be prepared to to come in. We've had a, a few ups and downs over the years, but when the EPL folded, we we had to get our house in order in those two years in the NHL. North were good for us. Um, that said, you know the on ice—that's where where I really get the enjoyment from. And the coach being in a competitive situation, I didn't feel like I could affect the game as a coach. I knew when we stepped up to the new NIHL National League, um, it was going to be a different story. And very quickly, um, I think everybody was was upbeat about it. Everybody was enjoying their hockey again, and I think that was a huge, huge uh, plus for 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 all the teams in that league that the fans were able to witness some really exciting games certainly in Tulsa from, from where I've been able to sit and um, yeah all in all it was, a, it was a great first season I think it's a shame for us as a club that the season ended when it did because it didn't really give us the opportunity to build on that success and I don't really feel that we've probably had the plaudits for you know winning a double um, but had we been able to finish the season properly it takes a, it takes a lot of um, a lot of time, a lot of commitment to, to do what we've do, done this season. Um, so I'm really proud of the, the team, really proud of the boys uh, for every every kind of step we took forward this season. 
Tell us more about the challenge you had last year. Swindon, right behind you at the top end of the table. Peterborough weren't too far behind. You had the likes of Sheffield and, and Hull, who did so well in NIHL last year as well. A much different challenge, I assume. How much more difficult was it, if, if you can put it that way? Obviously, the league was a was a higher standard, um, you know, from what we played the last two seasons. But it was the it was the competitiveness of every team and the consistency that you had to play with to to pick up wins. I think going into the league and a lot of people probably had us as a mid table or lower from from reading some things. And I think that uh, was probably a little bit disrespectful to the group of players we had here. Like I said, the club had been through a lot of ups and downs over the two or three year period. And perhaps we weren't as settled as we could have been on the ice, and a lot, there was lots of things behind the scenes. But thank, thankfully, uh, myself and Mike Washburn would be able to steady that ship and and put a good product and a, and a you know a reliable, sustainable club on the ice. So I think that's the, the first key for us going into this season. We had something that we felt we could build upon. Um, we've always had good players, and I think the the competitive nature of this league really um, got the juices flowing for everybody. Everybody came in in good shape. We had a strong start to the season, you know. A couple of took a couple of risks on a couple of guys signing, and they really uh, what we needed to to make a big difference. I picked up strong goaltending in Brad Day, um, somebody that was going to give you a chance to win every night, and I think that was a big part of our success. Um, but then a, a couple of guys really um, took control of certain months of the season. Guys like Scott McKenzie, Dominic Flora in, in the early part of the year were were really on fire when we, particularly we were very short of, of bodies. You know, we were at times six to seven guys out of the lineup um, on multiple occasions this year, and I'm not talking short periods, over a six or seven week period. And then over, you know, January, Jason Silverthorne, I think, was on fire. The back end of the year, Scott and Brandon again were, were really clicking, but we had a solid group and a solid core that I knew every night we were going to get a, a, an honest effort from everybody. We, I'm sure we led the league in block shots. Um, so, you know, that, that's a big plus for us from, from my point of view as the coach. And I knew what I was going to get. Talent-wise, we were, we were probably as gifted as anybody, but I think we were probably just prepared to do a little bit more and, and did whatever it take to... Uh, to did, sorry, did whatever it took to get two points. Um, we were fortunate that we had a good start to the season. Um, we had a, I think it was an eight-game winning streak in, through early October. And I think at that point, it really... Gave us a lot of belief because we were still winning when we were short of bodies, and I think the depth of our lineup was key. I regularly played four lines when we had a full lineup, which meant everybody was in good shape. It meant everybody had good timing and uh, was ready to play up and down the lineup when needed. And when guys had to move from fourth to first, they did a great job for us, and uh, we, we we wouldn't have won without the, our whole group this year. That's for sure. Yeah, I was going to ask you about your team. That was going to be my next question. You, you've mentioned quite a, a few names there, and the thing I like about your team, looking at it on paper, and certainly from what I've seen uh, footage of your team it's the blend between the experienced players you've got and the younger players that have come in you've got Jason Silverthorne who you mentioned Jonathan Weaver still plays a part for you and then on the other end you've got Brandon Whistle who's come in who's proved to be a, a really good player in the NIHL as well was that the kind of blend you were looking for back at the start? I think you're, you're a little bit fortunate when you get um, you when you when you're recruiting. You, you don't know how the room's going to be. You know, we like we've had a pretty settled lineup over the last few years. We haven't had that many changes coming into a season. So probably four or five, six new guys a season at most. Somebody like Thomas McKinnon, uh, you know, signed him, but you really weren't sure where he was going to fit. I, I was looking for somebody that could play in a top four um, rotation and be a bit of a shutdown guy, and I got just that and, and probably a little bit more I didn't expect Tom to be as gritty as he is and, and so solid so that was a big plus for us I think uh, you know to do what we did this season without Jonathan Weaver in our lineup Jonathan didn't play from October um, through till 
the last few weeks in March. So, you know, essentially we were without our best player and possibly the best best player in the league, certainly probably the best offensive defenseman in the league. Um, so to to win without him, the lineup was a, was a big pat on the back for all the guys. The blend we, we've had a. Well, I've worked and we've got some very good young players here. We've worked a long time with the likes of Finley Howells and, and Sam who Sam Watkins, my son, who came into the team at uh, Christmas. They were all part of a, a national league team um, that went sorry an uh, under eighteen league team that went on and won a playoff series a few years ago. So we've already got guys like Dan Mitchell and and Jed from that group in this team. But when they're around, the likes of Sills, Wees, uh, Ricky, you know, these guys have played at the top end for for a long, long time. And, and every day they come to work and, and they practice hard and they compete hard. And I think that rubs off on these young guys. And, you know, you can have all that talent, but if you're not prepared to compete, then you're going to struggle. But Finn had a tremendous season for, you know, a young 16, 17-year-old coming in. He, he moved up the lineup. He played um, key moments in PP, scored big goals. And I think that, that blend of the experience, the energy, the enthusiasm, um, you know, was was a... Was well from my perspective. It was very, very uh, pleasing to watch and see these guys evolve and the camaraderie amongst the boys in the room was fantastic. And you don't get that very often. And I've been fortunate enough to be part of those sort of situations in Coventry when we were, when we were winning, and once or twice more here in Telford when we've won. The, the camaraderie, the you know the the willingness to support one another and 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 and, and sacrifice themselves really, uh, perhaps in in body, but also in roles and situations for the good of the team was was you know was fantastic. Now this is when we start obviously looking ahead to, to next season. Lockdown is obviously still very much uh, part of everybody's lives right now. Have you taken the opportunity during lockdown to, to look at your team and start maybe planning for next season? Can you plan for next season without knowing exactly when things are going to get started again? Well, I think um, it's always something we we try and do quite early. Um, we're always looking forward probably from about January, just after Christmas, to, to the new season. And there's obviously a lot of discussions that happen in the background about the, the league and where it stands and where it's... So we started doing some recruitment from January, February onwards and already had a couple of guys signed. Um, I don't think anybody envisaged happening what happened. Um, so we, we, we have done, or I've done a lot of recruitment now. I've already planned a lot of the season. I've got a lot of guys signed um, for next season. We're currently planning for a September start. Realistically, I, I personally don't see that. If we have to move back to October, November, then I think that's in full agreement with everybody, all the clubs in the league. And perhaps we just tag on the the, the you know the, the late start on the back end. And I don't see why there's there's any particular reason we can't do that. I think it's very important that we're we're all. Um, safe and well before we even think about hockey but we've also got a business to run and it's very difficult at the moment to start approaching sponsorship sorry start approaching sponsors about getting involved to the new season when perhaps they're even in in lockdown so maybe we need a little bit more time from a business aspect to to make sure that we're we're in a place where we're all ready to play and and, and put a, you know an exciting product back on the ice um i spend a lot of time looking at my team and, and what we need and what we can do and we've got a couple of fresh faces in there this this year um guys i'm, I'm quite keen and eagerly eagerly waiting to to work with i think it'll be fun to get back on the ice and see them fit in and and hopefully we uh, have that strong strong mentality within the dressing room again which i think is a big part now my last question i hope you'll indulge me here uh, something i'd like to put to you for me uh, you've been at the club now for about 10 years you've enjoyed all manner of success um, during that time i wrote a piece for bih recently about coaches in the nihl who could make the step up to the elite league and i listed you among one of them based on obviously your, your very good record now i know you're perfectly happy with the tigers of course but is a move to the elite league something you would consider if the right opportunity arose of course, I think it's a, it's a, it's a step up. Um, I'm, I'm as ambitious as everybody. 
Uh, I've been here for a long time, and what I've tried to do is make sure that the the, the club's in a good place. And if I do leave, that the, the club can survive without me. I, I, I've done a lot, and I've I continue to do a lot for this club. And you know, I'm very passionate about the Telford Tigers, and not just about the senior team, but I'm, I also coach at the junior level, and I have coached with the juniors for 15 years. And I'm head coach with that group. I, I run, I learn to play in beginners program. So I'm heavily involved. Um, I think whatever I do would have to be the the right situation for, for our family. Um, a 16, 16 year old boy that obviously just started playing for us and a 13 year old daughter that for me um, come first. But if it's a good opportunity in the right place and um, I think the, the, the club, are, we, we, we should have a similar um, thought process about hockey and, and, and where, where we want to take that club then, yeah, for sure. Um, never say never and I'm always keen to explore opportunities but for now I'm quite happy and, and eagerly um, planning you know the new season with Telford. You're listening to the BIH Show. B-I-H. Competition time. In association with Crosscheck Clothing. B-I-H. It's time to reveal the winner of our first ever competition that we set for you on last week's show in conjunction with our friends at Crosscheck Clothing. They were very kind enough to put up a £10 gift card as a prize and I want to thank everyone who took the time to take part. We had a great number of people entering the competition so it just shows you how much you enjoy your Crosscheck Clothing. Anyway, to business, and I set the question last week, where is Crosscheck's office and workshop based? Loads of you got it right by kindly passing on their full address, thank you for that, but yes, Crosscheck's office and workshop are based in Rotherham. So with that, congratulations to Andy Milner from Derbyshire, who was picked at random, and he's the winner of our Crosscheck clothing competition. Well done, Andy, and thank you all again for taking part. This is the BIH Show. We're at an end already. Doesn't time fly when you're having fun. Before we go, we want to invite you to take part in our Puckmaster quiz and test your ice hockey knowledge. You heard how Robert Lakovic did earlier on, so come on and try it yourself. Drop us a direct message on Twitter at Brit Ice Hockey or on Facebook and take part. We'd love to have you on board. Next week, it's Manchester Storm's Zach Sullivan taking part, so listen out to find out if he did any better than Lako. We're also talking about Milton Keynes Lightning with an Olympic silver medalist in badminton and massive MK fan Gail Ems who joins us on next week's show. We'll also have another big interview as well, so there's plenty to look forward to in episode 4 in the meantime thank you to Matt Haywood Rob Lakovitz and Tom Watkins for joining us on the show this week and once more thank you to Crosscheck Clothing for their support in the competition as always big thanks to producer Stuart Priest for putting this together also and if you have any ideas about any possible features for the BIH show get in touch with me either on Twitter at BIH Craig or at Brit Ice Hockey or by email craig.anderson at britishicehockey.co.uk Keep your eyes on British Ice Hockey for features, news and blogs as we keep you updated throughout the summer. The website, britishicehockey.co.uk. In the meantime, stay safe, stay at home, wash your hands, maintain social distancing guidelines and only go out when you absolutely have to, of course. That does vary depending on where you live. Do that and we'll have hockey back very soon. I'm Craig Anderson. We'll talk to you soon on the BIH Show. Bye for now. Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at Chabacasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.